Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Hey, we broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. And a show that is by and large jam-packed with succulent information. going to be serving up to you over the course of the next 120 minutes. However, if you see fit to join in the fun and frivolity of the show, but you're not sure how to get in contact with me, let me help you out with that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it is, believe it or not, the 4th. Why is it going? What the? I might need new lights. Uh, it is the 4th Tuesday of the month. And, of course, that is going to bring... The fourth Tuesday recurring segment guest of the Barbecue Central Show, the keeper of the flame over at AmazingRibs.com. You know him. He's my friend, Max Good. Will visit with us. And then we'll move on to the 935. 
You would recall last month on the fourth Tuesday at the 935 segment, we unveiled, I unveiled a brand new segment, which I still don't really have a big name for yet, but I'm calling it for now the Embedded, the Barbecue Central Show Embedded Correspondence Segment. And I'll get to their names here in a second. So this will be the second attempt, and assuming that A, it goes good, and secondarily, Well, I don't, I don't, you know, my concern is if we get more guests, I get, but you know, I mean, if we get more guests, not more guests, but more embedded correspondence, then we're definitely going to have to do what I think we're going to do. But let's just say we have no more embedded correspondence, at least for the time being. These guys, assuming this week pans out, are going to prove that certainly they have the ability to carry more than the short side of the segment in the hour. And we'll have to be looking at doing it at a 10.14. So, hey, why not extend them out? Give them a little bit more room to get loose on some barbecue takes, some grilling takes, some general life takes, whatever. So look for the Barbecue Central Show Embedded Shows Correspondence segment at 9.35. And then we'll move into the second hour. And we will be joined by the current CEO and president of MMA Creative. He is also the founder of the World Food Championships. That's going to be happening a little bit later this year. We have a number of things to get to when we talk to this guy, including the fact that the National Pro Barbecue Tour is going to be having their next regional final coming up this weekend in Richmond, Virginia. Also, there's a lot of World Food Championship stuff going on, but specifically to the World Food Championship since he has been on the last time there has been an unveiling from WFC that there is going to be a KCBS v. IBCA barbecue throwdown situation. Best of the best, if you will. And I want to get true insight to exactly what that is going to entail Is there anything about it that is exposition versus real WFC ramifications? Can people that win that? Or are there going to be two different sides of barbecues? Is there going to be a KCBS event? And is there going to be an IBCA event? All this stuff will be answered by the one and only Mike McLeod. That's right. Oh, crap. This is not a rerun, by the way. Just forgot to start the uh, live thing on... Sorry. Sorry, gang. Steve, my bad. Now it is the live stream. I'll be cutting in here in just one second. Notice the shirt. Ina hearts me because she does. I started it on Facebook, and I didn't end up starting it on an outdoor cooking channel. But now we're okay. So for those of you just joining me because I'm allowing you to join you now. Sorry about that. At 1014, Mike McLeod... Mike McLeod. And then at 10.35, as I've started to do a little bit more frequently because, hey, I want to hear from you guys. 10.35, open segment. How about that? Now you might be asking yourself, what does an open segment mean? Well, I'm here to tell you that we can play some games if you want. I can get you free prizes. You can also... Get off on a barbecue or grilling topic if you've been waiting to talk to me about something. If you have a question for me, 
If you have a take on some of the guests that we've had on over the course of this show, I mean, if you're going to call in and give me your commentary, please make it specific to something that is going on right now. And wow, here we are. So 1035, if you're going to be competing this weekend and you want some show karma, you can call in. I'm more than happy to give it out, dole it out by the tons. So that's what's happening on the show this evening. Max Good coming up shortly, 9.35, the Embedded Show Correspondence segment, and 10.14, Mike McLeod, 10.35, open segment. 216-220-0966, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, your ways to get in touch with me. Let everybody know, of course, that the show is on live. Make the Facebook posts, the tweeters, the Instagrams, Google Pluses, Reddit for the nerds, whatever you like. Let everybody know the show is on. Of course, OutdoorCookingChannel.com is the longtime video syndication partner of this show. So you can catch it right there live on the video side. All the audio runs through my website if you don't want to watch. Uh, you can also watch through Roku. So check out their app store, look for Outdoor Cooking Channel, and then download it through Roku. Also available on a number of other IP television protocol platforms. So however you get it, you can get it. Now, don't forget, the easiest way to get the show is just go to Google Play or iTunes or any podcast directory that you might like to work with on your particular device, and then just subscribe to the show. Very easy to do. If you want some instruction on how to do that, you can visit thebbqcentralshow.com slash subscribe, and it will give you all the info on how to do that. And every Wednesday morning, you'll wake up and there'll be a brand new show ready for you to go if you don't catch it live, because certainly I understand, and nobody understands more than me, that there might be some better things to do on a Tuesday evening than camp out between 9 and 11 in front of your television, computer, iPod, or however you consume the show live. But remember, I love the show, or I love the people that watch the show live the most. They're making a commitment. Even though 99.873% of you get it on podcast download, but that's all right. All right, here are your official Barbecue Central Show embedded correspondents. Here's the list, the longest-running official embedded correspondent of this show from Texas and pitmaster of rogue barbecue cookers, Doug Scheiding. Second by tenure, the pitmaster of Owl's Nest Barbecue and Tennessee correspondent, Steve Ray. One of the longest-running centralites, pitmaster of the basic barbecue team, Patrick Paquette, covering New England. The pitmaster of Huff Daddy Barbecue, covering Oklahoma, David Huff, joins us. And finally, covering the great Empire State of New York and the pitmaster of DTS BBQ. We call him DJ Howie D, but the government knows him as Howard Daly. So there you go. Five solid official embedded correspondents. As I have said in the past, if you are somebody that thinks that they can commit once a month and have some kind of a valid barbecue talk or two to talk about, during our time in this segment, just go ahead and shoot me an email. Let me know that you want to be a potential show correspondent, and we'll get you hooked up. All you have to do is have Skype, kind of a decent microphone. Even that is kind of questionable. Earbuds mostly, so we don't feed back into each other. And there you go. So we are off and running. We have Max Good coming up out of the break. We're going to be talking a lot about some Myron Mixon cookers that he was able to 
get a sneak peek on. He actually told us about that a couple months ago, but now the full review is in. So we'll be talking to him about that. Meanwhile, I'm going to talk to you quickly about Cook Shack Manufacturers, smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of barbecue experience, whether you do it in the backyard on the competition circuit or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because, indeed, they were designed by a champion at Fast Eddie Moore. The FEC 100 and PG-1000 are always customer favorites. The PG-1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Of course, Cookshack residential electric smokers are the number one cooker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit cookshack.com by the way of testimony. I finally got around to firing up the Cook Shack electric smoker this past weekend to do one of the most popular Instagram posts I have had today, aside from that original art flame that we did last fall and made jerky. And I will admit, while I was very, very angry at the fact that I thought everybody had eaten jerky and not saved me one piece, luckily, my wife pilfered three or four pieces, wrapped it up and hid it from everybody else, and then revealed it to me yesterday, very happy, A, that I got to try it, and then in the end, very happy with the results, so can't wait to make more of my own jerky out of Eye of Round. And that was cooked in the Cook Shack electric smoker, the number one cooker in the industry. That's right. Cookshack.com. Max Good coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. The 2017 Grant Program was a raging success this season, brought to you by Smithfield. So, if you want to have your event... To be under consideration for 2018, head to SmokingWithSmithfield.com right now and apply for the 2018 grant program. It is available right now. Applications being taken until October 25. Don't miss out. Very popular. Adding money to the prize purse, all that good stuff. So we thank Smithfield for that. The fourth Tuesday of every month brings a visit from the Keeper of the Flame over at AmazingRibs.com. If you're looking for a cooker, 
<laughs> as I get Mike McLeod out of there. Uh, if you're looking to buy a cooker, advice on cookers, answers to all these questions and more will be revealed during this segment. And, of course, it is Max Good joining me here on the show. Max, how are you, buddy? Going all right. How about you, man? Doing absolutely fabulous. Uh, Max, always appreciate you making time for the show, as always. And I believe it was, I don't know, two months ago or so that you were off on a trip going out east. You were going to be visiting the Myron Mixon fabrication facilities of his cooker, a different company that makes it that I can't remember right off the top of my head. But they Seacon. Seacon. Hey, I want to interject. There's a little delay in the in the audio through my yeah. headphones. I don't know if it's on my end, but uh, I, we I can a, make it happen, I, I got think. A, I got a great idea. I'm going to hang up, and I'm going to call you right back. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. This is what we do on the show. We deal headlong with uh, technical issues as they happen. That's why it's fun when the show is live, right? So, how about, is that better, Max? Yeah. Let's see. Well, I... Uh, it's not my lips aren't matching what I'm saying, but uh, that's okay. All right, are you? I think so, we'll be all right. Let's 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 give it a whirl. You right. and I, uh, we're loose guys, right? That's right. So you're you're slow on your end, but as far as uh, what the people are seeing, uh, everything looks to be okay here. So uh, we'll uh, we'll keep running with it. If it gets too much to bear, just you know, let me know. We'll figure it out. I will do that. All right. Uh, so, uh, what was the name of the company that we were just talking about that makes the Myron Mixon smoker? Seacon, Connecticut. Yeah. All right. Um, so you were able to get out there as we had uh, talked about previously, and you kind of did your reviews and all this stuff, but mm-hmm. had not been officially released until just recently, maybe even very uh, recently. Right. So now that everything is out of the bag, as it were, you know, let's talk a little bit more in depth about these Myron Mixon cookers and where you feel they might fit into the retail space and the restaurant space and all that good stuff. But I guess from a high level to start out with, your thoughts on the Myron Mixon Cooker and that whole experience at the manufacturer? Well, um, uh, there's there's a couple different designs. Uh, so the one I just posted is his H2O models. And that's, in my view, a signature design for him because as many people who know who Myron Mixon is, he's really big on uh, smoking with water. And he has created a very unique design that is absolutely dedicated to using water. Uh, and we could talk about that in a minute. I also, a few weeks ago, posted something on his charcoal gravity feed smoker, which was also a wonderful experience. Um, I should, I, I, somehow I want to interject that uh, we made an exception for me to fly out and actually go to a manufacturer's facility to test uh, equipment for a review. Uh, it's because I think, as I mentioned in a previous show, I mean, he's Myron Mixon, you know, he's pretty credentialed, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, the winningest man in barbecue and all that. And, uh, but I did learn, uh, quite a bit from the experience, which I hope is valuable to our readers. Uh, subsequently I did have a few other manufacturers going, Hey, we'll fly you out here. And I said, no, we, we don't feel comfortable with that. It was an interesting thing, uh, between the mix and clan and us, we made it work. And I think we came up with some valuable information for so, people. So let me ask, if you do it once, I mean, then don't you open yourself up to at least having other people invite you, which they have, and then if you did it once, then 
Why well, not do it for uh, somebody you know, else? I mean, and I even discussed it, uh, and he said, "I don't, I don't think you should take these other guys up." And I said, "I already told him no. It's not to put anybody down, or but um, it was." Are you? you know, is he's, it? Is he's it Myron to, Mixon, is, yeah. is there a perception that if you go to these other places, it's it's more of a one hand washing the other thing, well, and you're yeah, not going to be able to? But shouldn't it, it be? To, wouldn't it be the same mindset with a, or wouldn't it be even more of a mindset with a Myron Mixon who is established, uh, potentially intimidating, something along these lines, where if they're flying you out, you're not going to be able to really give your opinion. Well, uh, I discussed that with them, and uh, they really were on the up and up. They said, if you don't even want us to be around, you can be solo. We'll leave you alone. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't want to have to reinvent the wheel. I'd like for you to tell me how you recommend this to be done. Um, But they were real quick to disappear if they felt they were interjecting. So it it worked out very well. But, you know, we don't want to make a practice of it. The the appearance – was something we questioned deeply, but we did it, and I think it ended up working out well for for this particular situation. We're not going to do it all the time. There may be another exception to our rule, but um, you know, we people look to us for objective, real information. I believe that I succeeded in in giving that in our reviews of the Myron Mixon smokers, um, but uh, it, I, I think our it's not going to become our standard method <laughs> but i think i think it should be fun if if people want to get you out to wherever you're going to be you stick up that uh you know there's a the, that excerpt not excerpt but the blurb ahead saying hey in full disclosure this company flew me out we agreed that these are our testing policies blah 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 to to me it seems like you put yourself in a worse position if you do it here and there because then people are like well if they don't do it for these handful of people, but these couple of people. You see what I'm saying? Like it could almost look I, like I it's working saying, in reverse. But I gotta say that um, Meathead and I feel very uncomfortable with the appearance of, of. I'm gonna fly you out. I'm gonna wine you and dine you. I'm gonna entertain you. Yeah. And guess what? We did have some fun. You sure, know? they're fun uh, guys, right? Oh, we we were smoking cigars. We we're drinking. We we're having a good time. Right. Uh, but, you know, we started out slow and worked our way up to that. And it was really clear to me that th- th- they were sincere about what they were trying to do. And not to say somebody else wouldn't be. Of course. Be, but um, I, yeah, it's just not the way we do things. We we feel felt a little uncomfortable about that particular thing. I feel that it ended up working out okay. In fact, I felt it worked out very well. Um, I, I, I guess never say never, but it's... We're kind of back to business as usual. We discussed it at length, and um, I'm not saying it won't happen again, but it's I, I, right now, at any rate, I don't think it's going to be something that we do typically. Right now, I want to say this to all the manufacturers out there. I have no affiliation with AmazingRibs.com as it relates to this show, so if you want to send private planes <laughs> and kickbacks and hot money, I'm your man. No problem. I will sell it out. No problem. I'll carry your tongue. That's Greg. right, but no, not for AmazingRibs.com. All right, so uh, enough of that. Let's go ahead and uh, dive headlong into the cookers themselves. Uh, from a, a number of models that are available, is it like a large selection or just kind of a few? Like, oh, What's gosh. the portfolio like? 
He has quite a few, but the the two that I have posted now are the gravity feed and the H two O. And although the gravity feed is is, from what I could see, um, well, it was certainly very good, and and there are features about it that that are certainly very different from other high quality gravity feed smokers, and it worked very well. I would like to talk about the H two O line All right. uh, because it's e- even more unique in its design. And it's, you know, that's his, that's Myron's thing, yeah. smoking on water, you know. And um, a thing that's very different about it from just about every other uh, smoker is that he he's dis- displays a, a dedication to smoking with water uh, in a way that I've never seen that kind of commitment. How do he you has, mean? Mm-hmm. How do you mean? Well... The water tray doesn't slide out. It can't be removed. It's welded in. And it has a – let's start from the bottom up. At the bottom, not offset, at the bottom is a firebox, and it has a a charcoal-slash-log grate on on a stand. It's almost like a fireplace uh, log Mm -hmm. grate. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, it has dampers on both sides. This is at the bottom, okay? And, uh... The adjustable sliding dampers on both sides. The uh, charcoal log tray can slides out. Uh, they like to start out the fire with charcoal, and then once it gets going, they th- start throwing splits on, just like two or three, you know, like fireplace size logs. Above that is a large water tray that's welded into the frame. You can't take it out. And you have to use water with it. If you let it dry out, it could warp really? and destroy the whole system. Oh wow! And which, and if that happens, you're pretty much screwed, buddy. Uh, you got <laughs> to cut gotta... the thing out and have a new one welded in. Yeah, that, and that would so, not be uh, at all time efficient or cost uh, cost efficient. It would be a big drag. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but the good news is they have an auto refill system that works very well. Uh, now, you do need a hose. If you don't have a hose, you can work around it. But to use the auto refill system, it, it's you can pretty much eliminate that worry. Uh, you, you hook up a hose. They have two, two um, elbow pipes coming out of the right side. And on one of them, there's a box where there's a hose connection. And inside that little box is a... a valve control mechanism that's very much like what you have in your toilet. Sure. You know, it's got a floater on it, and when the water level rises to a maximum level, it shuts the valve off. And as the water evaporates inside the smoker and uh, the valve, I mean, the floater starts to drop, it'll open that valve back up to replenish the water. The second elbow is in front of that box when you're at the front of the unit, and it also shows the water level, so it helps you see that you're. Yes, yes, I'm. Uh, if the valve has malfunctioned, I can still see that that water is is in there. You know, you can visually see the water level. And if you don't have a hose, you just pour water into that elbow. They're very, they're larger, like two inch pipes. Um. So it's it's pretty neat, and and the thing that's really cool about it. Picture that you got a law, you got a wood fire underneath this big water tray, and then you have racks above that. Oh, and I should add that um, the heat and smoke 
you put the wood fire in, yep. you get the, the water boiling, steams all over inside the smoke box. But there are two-inch wide gaps at the, at the front of the big water pan and at the back. And they run left to right all the way inside the smoke box. Right. And that's where the heat from the fire and the smoke from the fire come in and blend with the steam and move around inside the smoke box. Now, a thing that I really like about this is we all know, anybody that's done stick burning, the big challenge to cooking with wood is, especially if you're smoking with wood, is to keep that temperature down to like 225. You know, a lot of people these days especially are cooking hotter. But, you know, amazing ribs, we say for the residential person, 225 is a pretty safe temperature. Uh, and, and, you know, you're cooking slow like that. It takes a long time for tough meats like like ribs and particularly like brisket or shoulders and butts they have a lot of connective tissue in it if you cook it too fast you're you're going to be work overworking your jaws man you're you're going to be chewing on that stuff because it's going to be pretty chewy but if you cook it slow and slow that breaks down that connective tissue turns it into a delicious gelatin and when you mix it in with that smoke flavor and of course all your seasonings Oh, man, I don't need to tell you, Greg, how good that is. Now, uh, with Mixon's H2O system, you can get those. You don't have to close down the dampers too much. You can have those logs burning away to the heart's content. And what that does is if you have, say, an offset and you don't know what you're doing or you have a crummy offset, a lot of guys um, and gals will end up having to close the dampers down to keep that temperature low. Yep. And uh, what they sometimes the, the hazard of that is that the wood starts to smolder and that thick smoldering smoke is dirty and that's where you get this bitter nasty creosote. If you get black meat, well, black meat can be still good but but it's yeah, when you get creosote, it's bitter. It's nasty tasting. With burning these logs full full bore, basically, underneath this water pan, the water pan acts as a, a buffer. And all water pans do, but this is integrated into the system unlike uh, any other model I've seen. Uh, I, there is the Meadow Creek that has the, the five-gallon jug yep. that replenishes it, but I don't – and I haven't tested it hands-on. I don't know that it, it does this. Plus, it's a charcoal burner. Uh, this is made to burn logs. So you can get those logs burning away. You're burning a clean wood fire. The heat and smoke's coming in on both sides of that water pan, mixing with the steam. It gets really good smoke. You you, you do have to keep replenishing the wood every half hour, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a really neat system. Um, normal splits? Forgiving. Normal wood splits like you would yeah, feed like, a regular like, offset? Like, well, the, what do you use in a fireplace about yep. that size? All right. And efficient as far as retaining the heat. Obviously, it sounds oh, like yes, on the bottom yes, side yes. you're actively burning, so that's not going to be efficient as far as time. But uh, obviously, the wood burning is clean, and that's where you want it. But in the cabinet, yes. though, it's it's efficient. It's very efficient, and the construct these guys at Seacon, um, you know, they do work for the military. They work for healthcare industry. They're they get their. Can I say they get their feet held to the fire? Greg, <laughs> oh, how do I do it? You've done At it. At any rate, they, they have to always perform. 
<laughs> they have to always meet specifications every time, basically. And uh, they're they're pretty slick. Uh, so, the fit and finish is great. They showed me how they do things, and um, I, I was impressed. So after a uh, day's worth of cooking butts, briskets, I mean, I've seen some of these. They, they house quite a capacity of food. Yeah. Do you have to line the water box with aluminum foil before you put the water in or, or whatever, like from a cleanup standpoint? I mean, it sounds like it might be potentially icky with somebody that's got OCD like me. <laughs> well, it could be. Uh, what they say is to treat the water pan like a cast iron surface in that when you get it, we, we, had, we were working on a new model and there was a little bit of rust in it. And they were like, we tell everybody, don't worry about that, because the first time you use it, you're going to get some, you know, grease and drippings from the meats you're in, yeah. you have in there. And, of course, they they want you to kind of spray it with oil anyways to season it before you even start throwing food in. But the, the bottom line is uh, you're not supposed to, uh, you know, clean this thing spick and span. You're... You want to let it develop uh, a nice surface similar to a cast iron surface. Um, there, There is a drain hole at the back of the water pan. It angles down into this drain hole that's at the back center. And there's a big um, brass uh, ball valve at the back that's that where the drain hole terminates. Yep. And you just put a bucket back there and take a like a, a plastic putty knife. And you can, you know, uh, coax all that gunk and junk down into that drain hole. But you don't want to, you know, take um, uh, steel wool or hit it with uh, a power washer. Right. It's a good idea to take a, a hose and, and hose it down and, and get it uh, cleaned out a bit. But, uh, yeah, you don't want to I, – I don't think you want to put foil. I mean, you got to imagine even the smallest one is 36 inches wide, as I recall. Uh, so – that's a lot of aluminum foil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, believe me, I know. And as I had said, geez, I, I would hate to have my OCD get the the better part of me where I think, oh, my God, all this stuff is dripping into the water. But sounds like, uh, you know, I would clean out my own stick burner. I sometimes when I want to do that pan because I have the Lang and I have that, you know, big mm. heat deflector that runs across. Yes, Fill yes. it up with water, let it boil, start to drain it out, scrape it all off, and you know then I'm off and, and ready to go for the next cook. Uh, kind of like right, a, and I, a once and a I'm month sure steam that clean. Ben, ben Lang would also yeah. say, "Don't be scraping my V-shaped uh, diverter down right, there." You right, know, you know, take the grease you know, out and the gunks out, but you know, don't uh, don't go nuts. Yeah, well, I, I mean, keep it clean. I know he he said to me uh, that was we're jumping into the Lang design but it's a good design too very different though in that one it's a traditional offset but that V-shaped uh, diverter that has two functions uh, uh, from the offset uh, firebox uh, because it's a reverse flow system as you know uh, it the heat and smoke goes under this V-shaped diverter kind of um uh, it's, it's like a, it's like a full-length baffle. It, yeah, yeah. And so the smoke and the heat goes under it and goes from the firebox over to the other side, and then comes back up over the the racks where your meat is, and then goes out the chimney. But he said uh, he when he was younger, he was working in the restaurant business, and and he he emphasized that if something's hard to clean, we're not going to clean it. You know, so I wanted 
to when I made my smokers, I wanted to make sure they're easy to clean. That V-shaped uh, system, you can, you know, once again, scrape things down over to, to the end where the, the drain is. I hit it with a hose, but I, I, I could bet if he was in on this conversation, he would say, don't, don't power wash, don't scrape it too much, don't hit it with metal, don't hit it with steel wool. What do you do, I should ask you? you got one sitting in your backyard. Yeah, I do what he says. You know, get it to 300 degrees, spritz it with a little mm-hmm. water, steam clean it, and then, you know, you're off and running. If I do it yeah. really a really fatty, crappy cook and I'm lazy and I don't clean it out, the next day I'll get a huge fire going in the firebox. I'll fill mm-hmm. it with water. I'll turn the drain closed. Mm-hmm. Fill the whole bottom part with water, get it at a raging boil, and then I'll just slowly start to drain it out, scrape, and then mm-hmm. you know it all goes out, and we're right back to uh, to to nice steel like uh, cast iron, if you will. So that's what there I do. There you go. See, that's what I do. That's it. All right, bad news. We're out of time. So, wait, wait, we were just getting started. I know that's what happens when we get to talking. Uh, where do people want to go to check out the Myron Mixon Smoker review? Well, you got to go to AmazingRibs.com. There's a red navigation bar at the top. Click on uh, Equipment Reviews, and from there, you can see we have a lot of different things. We review digital thermometers. We review kitchen tools. Uh, But if you want to cut to the chase, um, you can – there's a search field right at the top, and you could type in Myron Mix and Smokers, and you'll be given a, a menu. But maybe the best way is to go to the equipment reviews, go to Max's Grill and Smoker Reviews, select it on that page, yep. and then you'll see a, um, a, a a method of searching. You can search by manufacturer, which in this case would be Myron Mixon. But if you were just, let's say you were saying, hey, I got, I got 500 bucks, I want to buy a smoker, you could uh, not put in the manufacturer and just say, I want a smoker. And I would spend 500 bucks, and you'll get a smorgasbord of smokers for yourself. Got it. Well, once a month, more specifically the fourth Tuesday of every month, Max Good is here from AmazingRibs.com. Always appreciate the time, Max. Thanks so much. You know I love it, Greg. Have a great, good, good evening. Thank you, sir. There he is. Oh, my. Look at that. All guests on the Barbecue Max Central good. Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Talking about the Myron Yummy. Mix Smoker. That's right. So, I, I mean, you know, personally, I think if you're going to go with one manufacturer, like, why not? Or or say no to everybody. It can't be some and not the other, right? All right, folks, head on over to the number one barbecue and grilling store. They have a curated selection of great outdoor grilling and cooking supplies. It's BigPapaSmokers.com. If you're looking to improve the flavor of your competition barbecue recipes, Big Papa Smokers has combined forces with fellow rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Big Papa's also proud owner of the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone? Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors that remind us why we fell in barbecue, uh, why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Check them out at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers also offers the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available on the market today. If you're looking for a versatile cooker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers is the exclusive Mac dealer and even offers special packages that nobody else can get you. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts to put on his competition barbecue trailer. 
If you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for a durable, versatile grill that will last forever, the M, like Mike, M Grill, is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure what kind of grill you get? Well, you don't really can't go wrong with the grills and smokers featured at BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for everybody. It's clear that BigPapaSmokers.com is the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website has been hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. Call them toll-free at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. All right, the embedded barbecue segment as we come back. Stick around. We will be right back. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James of Barbecue Talk, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Manufacturers of big, medium, and small size. If you want pellets to fire those cookers, they can hook you up. And the really cool high-heat pizza insert that I'm loving right now. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Check them out. You're going to love it. All right. Last month, we unveiled the Embedded Barbecue Central Show Correspondence segment to a rousing review from the Centralite Faithful, so we will pick it up again on the fourth Tuesday of this month, the 935 segment, as we welcome back Doug Shiding, Steve Ray, Patrick Paquette, David Huff, and DJ Howie D. Gentlemen, appreciate you making time for the show this evening. So let me start with my man, Doug Shiding, the longest tenured embedded correspondent, been with me through all the wars so far. Uh, Doug, what what's what are you burning on most this evening? What do you want to start out with? I want to talk about searing versus charring. I think people are getting confused that uh, searing is actually charring the meat. Um, maybe I'm in the minority on this, but uh, grill marks on a steak, they're not pretty. You're destroying the meat. So I think that uh, for a, a good steak, you don't need to uh, do charring. You don't need the grill marks. You can get caramelization and uh, the Maillard effect uh, as low as 325 degrees. So I uh, I want us to stop the high temperature 500, 700 degrees searing. All right. Doug Shiding says, get over your high heat. Steve Ray, well, how do you see that? Well, I tell you what, Doug, we call those uh, those strikes, we call those flavor strips down here. I, I like. I think the steak looks good. I like to turn the thing 45 degrees and, and make the uh, checkerboard on it, just kind of like the uh, University of Tennessee end zone here in, up in Knoxville. Um, I, I, think, I, think they, I think it looks good. I, I think it adds a little flavor to it. Um, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about the sear. I'm, I'm all about the uh, flavor strips. 
and um, they, you know they they win the contest, Doug. When they do the SCAs, they, they you know they all they all do it and, they, and it wins. And so if if you're not doing it, you're probably not going to win. All right. So Steve obviously uh, is entrenched into the competition. DJ Howie D, what do you think about the uh, the crosshatch of grill marks? Uh, I think it's great on the steak. Um, I I char on my uh, UDS over here uh, with my briskets, so um, it it looks good. It looks good in presentation, but um, it, it's still it's still burning up to me. <laughs> That's what exactly. I That's right. Uh, <laughs> David Huff, what do you say? Well, I think you eat with your eyes first, and I agree that the grill marks on the steak, they just look fantastic. Uh, I, you turn them 45 degrees, flip it, do the same thing. Everybody is impressed when you put the steak down. Now, that being said, I have switched from grilling a steak to putting a cast iron skillet out there because you really get a nice brown crusty surface on it. You don't get the grill marks, but a good tasting steak is a good tasting steak, and a well-cooked steak is a well-cooked steak. Flat, char, grill marks, whatever you want to call it. I think as long as people like the way it tastes, you're good to go. He was on the line last week, but we couldn't see him nor hear him. And as some would say, maybe that was the best part of the whole interview. Uh, But Patrick Paquette is here this week covering the New England area. Patrick, what do you feel about uh, grill marks and charring and all this other stuff? Um, this particular conversation that's going on right now amongst us seems to be very circular. It's uh, First of all, I don't think there's a difference between a grill mock and what you get when you put it into a cast iron pan except size. So I don't think the actual cooking technique is different. The best steak houses in the United States cook at six, seven, and 800 degrees for a reason because that's the best way that steaks are cooked. I think, yeah, if maybe what I really think, I think Doug needs somebody – who can cook better to cook his steak is what I thought. What are you talking about? <laughs> sounds like they're burning them on you instead of just getting them nice and brown and, and crusty. It's, I don't know, but I, I don't think there's a difference between what you get in a, in a cast iron pan that are off a grill grate, except for the amount of coverage. And All right. So l- let me, let me go ahead and, and I'm not going to try and make Doug's point for him more, but let me tell you this. Grill marks are the most overrated pieces of crap I have ever seen in my life. They do not lend to the quality of any steak. They do not mean that you can cook a steak well. I would also like to argue the fact that cooking steak at six and 700 degrees is a little bit overkill and that if you would actually try to cook it at 325 to 350 degrees, the end product might actually be a little bit better because caramelization actually starts at 300 degrees and moves up, but that might be a different story for a different day. But as far as these grill marks, I think this is a widely publicized misnomer that somehow these things are going to make a steak look better when I know that if I got the color of the grill marks across the whole steak, which is really what we want, then that steak would be the best steak you've ever had. And I know I'm right, so we'll move to the next uh, question. Um, <laughs> let me talk to you, Steve Ray. Mic, huh? Steve Ray out of Tennessee. What's on your mind this evening? Well, down here, uh, Greg, guys, it's, uh, it's all about the jack right now. And uh, I was wondering if um, 
uh, of all the majors, you know, the Jack is an invitational. You have to qualify for it. Uh, do you think that the Jack is the easiest major to win? Is it the hardest major to win? And, and if, uh, if it is the easiest major to win, what is the hardest barbecue major to win out there? Let's go right to DJ Howie D. Is the Jack the easiest or hardest to win? And if it's not, which one is? Well, I haven't cooked the Jack, but um, right now the hardest. Uh oh. All right, little little trouble on a uh, little trouble audio on uh, on uh, Daryl there. Hold on one second, uh, David. We'll try and get him ramped back up. Go ahead. What do you think? What's the, what's the hearts? Well, I mean, I'm kind of representing the backyard cook here for the Centralites, so I don't have a lot of experience there. Um, I'm new to the competition circuit, so I don't know that I would have a lot of input really on this one. Sorry. But I'm sure you have an opinion. That's all we want. I mean, I don't cook, and I have an opinion. You can guarantee I'm going to share here in a minute. Sure. Um, I mean, if it, uh, reading how the invitations go, it sounds like there are some people that are former champions and some people that are new. He compared it to the PGA. Um, I would think that would be one of the more you know, challenging to win because there's always going to be a wild card in there, something that's not been seen before. Maybe somebody comes up with something just so far out of the blue and it blows the judges away. So, I don't know. Patrick. Oh, by the hardest by far, mathematically, there is no question about it, is the American Royal Invitational. Yeah. One, in a, one in 500 and change, or one in 172. Like, there's no and ifs or buts it as far as the difficulty there. And that's judging anomalies aside. Doug Shining, I bet, has a different idea on that. Actually, I'll agree on the hardest uh, being the Royal because not only does it have statistically has the most amount of teams, it's also a double blind. So Jack, statistically, you know, if you've got 100 people, yeah, you probably do have have one of the best shots. I would like to say that I think Memphis in May is the easiest if you're one of the famous or more well-known cooks. Agreed. Your first round is 30% presentation. Who's going to give a Tuffy, Myron, etc. a less than a 10 on the presentation? Yeah. So you've got 30% there, and then if you happen to make it to the finals and, and they make it to the finals, that's 100% based on presentation. So if you, I think from a famous standpoint, the Memphis in May would be the easiest. The easiest. All right. Uh, let's go back to DJ Howie D and see if we got the uh, audio iced out there. What do you think? Well, hmm. with Memphis in May, we've been bouncing back and forth. Uh, the best we've done is a six in a whole shoulder, uh, and that was with Mo uh, on our team. Do you, However, think, do you think Mo gave you any type of an advantage because he's a face you see on television? Well, yeah. Uh-uh. Even Mo, Be honest. Even with Mo. Mo stated, uh, uh, well, we've had Mo since 2013. And even Mo said that, um, you know, it's it's all about the meat. So going back to what you're saying with having Mo as the face, eh, I'll say he'll give us about a 40% uh, uh, boost. But, uh, it's a pretty good boost, it. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Where are we here? Oh, I guess that's me. Um, so I, here's what I think in regards to is, is the Jack the hardest to win? Uh, I don't know if it's the hardest to win. I think it's probably one of the hardest to get into because you have that whole weirdo bung pulling thing, which I think sounds weird in itself to say out loud. If you can somehow win the Magic 7 in the allotted time frame, that's e- the easiest to get qualified for, but probably the hardest to do. And then it depends on where you live and how many you win in order to, to increase your chances of getting in. So inevitably, the argument that is made every year is it's probably the most mysterious and magical one to win. But there's a lot of top teams, if they don't auto qualify, that are left off on the sidelines, which then runs back to putting up the American Royal is if you win, you get the invite, you show up in Kansas City and you get to go up against 170 plus at the Invitational, and you can turn around the next day and go be one of a hundred of uh, 600 teams. That seems like it would be the hardest one to win. I mean, that's the biggest crapshoot out there going right now, aside from some of the bigger Texas ones. So, uh, just my uh, just my thought. Um, so, uh, we got Doug down, we got Steve down. I know we're going to run out of time. Uh, Patrick, you're uh, new to the show this month. Uh, what's your topic that you'd like to burn on? You know, I had I had a hot take that on our uh, little spreadsheet that we were discussing this, but I'm going to give you a different one. Um, right. My hot take is there is too much goddamn drama in competition barbecue right now, Uh-oh. no matter Uh-oh. where you are. Really? Whether you're whether you're Airbag. on a bar- whether you're on a barbecue field, on social media, wherever, someone is complaining about something, and it is time for people to realize that this this face of barbecue in social media is costing us money and sponsorship because if you're in any other middle class outdoor activity like this the sponsors are lining up looking to spend money and in barbecue events it's only at the top for a reason and it's because there's too much drama out in public right now and it's chasing some people out of this sport so that's my I'm just getting tired of it. Patrick, I, you, I graduated th- high school in 1984. It's time for these kids to shut up. Patrick, <laughs> do you think these people understand that lashing out in social media instantaneously has repercussions? I do not. I actually think that they don't care. I, and don't get me wrong, I do think it's a reflection of today's society. But that being said, it's costing us money. DJ Howie D, talk to me about Yo. it. Too much drama and competition barbecue? I, I haven't run it really. Uh, from the, the multiple contests I've, I've done this year, I haven't had any drama at all. Nothing? Really. Nothing. All right. Good for – maybe everybody needs to go to the same uh, contest that DJ Howie D is going to. Uh, <laughs> Huff Daddy, drama? No, I mean, as we discussed last time, other than people giving me a hard time at uh, a couple of my cooks for using a pellet smokers, you know, that kind of drama. <laughs> everyone everyone seems to be – I was actually impressed with how friendly and open people are to helping you learn and talking. I think what he's talking about is on the Facebook, people having opinions and always having to voice them. Um, I think there's a lot of that going on in all kinds of realms, not just competition barbecue. I don't know how you stop that. Uh, Dougie, competition barbecue drama, is it, uh, do you see it in person? And maybe uh, Patrick is talking more online versus in person. Maybe he's talking about both. I'll go back oh, to him no, here in I'm a talking, second. I'm talking about public 
venues of communication All right. where sponsors want advertising. All right, so that's uh, obviously social media and other media-type platforms. So, Doug, what do you think? Uh, is he on par here? Yeah, I mean, there is some drama. Heck, I just went to the IBCA meeting where there was a, a lot of drama on Facebook, et cetera, prior to the meeting, you know, the banning of pellet cookers and, you know, half the people agreeing and that sort of thing. So I think from a sponsorship standpoint, I don't know if it's necessarily the drama. I think it's more the lack of public uh, uh, integration into the contest. It's a contest amongst us. And there's not a lot for the public to do. We can't really serve food to them. There's not anything for them to really engage in. And so I think from a sponsorship standpoint, it's just limited primarily to the cooks. All right. Uh, Steve Ray has the last word. Uh, better. Bottom line. You totally cut out there. What was that? I said just shut up and cook better. How Bottom about that? Line. Bottom line. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you don't like the judging, just, you know. Go to school, go to Myron School, go somewhere, go to Donnie Bray School, learn to cook, and uh, you know, you'll do better, period. Uh, DJ Howie D, quickly, what's your hot take for the month? <laughs> the hot take is uh, having uh, the uh, backyard cooks come get embedded with uh, us pro cookers. That's the best way to uh, increase the, uh, the sport, uh, get more people involved, and uh, all this uh, alleged drama on social media of uh, slow down because I don't see a lot of uh, uh, backyard cooks getting their opportunity. Uh, Patrick, you're kind of in that similar neck of the woods as DJ. Would you like to see some of the backyard guys get installed with some of the pro teams to pick it up a little bit? Yeah, I agree there could be more mentoring. There are some mentoring programs by some of the local associations but they are, it's rare to see somebody taking advantage of them. So I agree. Is that the best way? I don't know that I agree with that, but I agree there should be a lot more mentoring. Uh, David Huff, new team. Would you like to be installed with a more established pro team as you got into it to see what it was like? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, that's what guys have been doing, coming over and talking to me and sharing openly some of their tips and techniques. Um I mean, reading the sheet uh, about this topic, one of the things that was mentioned was getting involved in the people's choice where you've got the people, the, the cooks competing for the competition and then the backyard guys doing the people's choice. The only thing I'd say there is every competition I've been to where I tried to compete in the people's choice, it had nothing to do with the barbecue. They weren't tasting my barbecue. They were piling it on plates with everybody else's and whoever had the prettiest girls or the funniest jokes or the best cause listed to give their money away for winning that's who won so it's a popularity contest if you're going to look at doing a people's choice doug what do you like about mentoring yeah I, I think it's a good idea i mean down here we really don't have a backyard type division but um yeah i think mentoring would be good and i'd be i'd be open to doing it myself steve last word hey david be careful what you say now sometimes you got to sell the sizzle not the steak remember that <laughs> but um you know I, I don't know mentoring you know people people helped me along the way uh down down here in in the contest you uh you you, you talk to people they 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 give you tips uh it's a very open thing you've had people i mean god and then he he rawls came came down to uh down to Georgia one time and was building boxes for people. I mean, people were lined up giving him boxes to build, and he's building them for them. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's they they share. If if you ask them these these top teams, especially uh, David, they will they'll share all kinds of information. They want they want to see 
you do well. And that and that's what's a, a beautiful thing about this sport still. When you go to the contest, they want you to do well, and uh, they'll do everything they can to help you, you know, except, you know, cook the food for you. And that's up to you. But uh, they'll, they'll whatever you whatever you need, if you need something, if you need some info, they'll be glad to share it with you. All right. Well, I think we've uh, done it. A successful second attempt at the Embedded Correspondence segment. Now, I would like to hand out Best Dressed this evening. And that, of course, is the guy with the horse meat T-shirt. <laughs> Look at this guy. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, come on. Yeah. You, that was a set up and done well. This is such a... Yeah. <clears throat> From somebody that's had him, enjoy him. We'll take, we'll take your best player and still kick your ass in the playoffs like we have been the last five years. That's it, everybody. Uh, all right. Uh, so that's it for this edition of the Embedded Correspondence. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, there they are. Thanks, guys. Welcome, Thanks, Kyrie. Yeah. Unbelievable. you got to be kidding me. You think that hurts my feelings? <laughs> you take it. Get him right the hell out. All guests on the right Monday out. Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Welcome, Kyrie. Yummy. All right. I should have. I was gonna make a sign that said uh, "Welcome." I don't even know what the hell that guy's name is. What's his name? Well, whatever it is. All right, let me get ready. All right, uh, second hour coming up. Stick around. Be right back. Brisket and ribs, and the only host. Hi, this is Greg Murphy, host of the Barbecue Central Radio Show, and you are listening to BCRN, all barbecue and grilling, all the time. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two for wiener. Delicious, I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, welcome back to the second hour, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Right. Let me see here. What did I do? I think I owe you one here. I do. And then get out for the last break here. So let me use the top of this second hour before we get into anything to talk quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Uh, pulling the trigger on a new cooker, of course, nerve-wracking. And I'm suggesting the pit barrel cooker as I have for months and months. Easy to use. Most versatile cooker on the market today, some might say. And here's the deal. It's all thanks to the versatility, the convection, but beyond traditional because you have the hook-and-hang method that places food right in the center of the heat. So it's acting like that stationary rotisserie. That gives you consistency. Of course, it can withstand any type of weather condition thanks to its porcelain enamel finish. And then you have all the accessories, the turkey hanger, the uh, unique removable ash pan, the pit grips, 
the rubs, the stainless steel rub shakers, you name it, a full complement of accessories to really complete the pit barrel cooking experience. And then, of course, for $299, it's one of the least expensive, most wonderful cookers out there on the market today. And no promo code needed. Everything that they sell ships for free to lower 48. So you head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com or you call them at 502-228-1222 and you are off and running. Get a couple. I mean, how expensive is a good smoker anymore? You could buy a couple pit barrel cookers and still have cash in your pocket. A lot of capacity in there too. So easy to use. So easy to use. Uh, John Dawson weighing in on grill marks, ramps, amen to what Doug said. The whole surface should be caramelized. I've thought that for the SEA guy to do both. I've thought what? I can't read very well. I've thought that for the SEA, a guy should do both. Get a nice brown background and add the grill hatch mark on top for the judges. So can you do that? Can you add the grill marks at the end? That sounds like a great that that would almost be like the best of both worlds, right? Oh, of course. Um, let me see. And I'm reading that one. And I'm saving that one. We might have a new embedded correspondent. Let's see. Phil Gorman. Love to give this a shot. Love the show. Love to chat about barbecue. Spend a lot of time on pellet cookers. Trying competition on pellets only. Thank you for reading my email and comment on Twitter posts. Phil Gorman. Phil, where are you from? I don't want to be a spelling Nazi, Phil, but you spelled embedded wrong. That's all right. I'll let it go this time. This time only. All right, the uh, National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sam's Club rolled through Asheville, North Carolina this past weekend, leading to the Richmond, Virginia regional final that takes place this coming weekend. So the top six teams out of Asheville moving on are indeed for grand champion. Now, this is a combined team, and I only know half the teams, which I hate to admit. But Cool Smoke was one part of this. Uh, Grogs and Hogs wins it. Reserve Grand Champion, the Smokehouse Mafia. Third place, Smoking Buttheads. Fourth place, Rocky Top Barbecue. Fifth place, Redneck Scientific. Sixth place, Backwoods BBQ. First place gets it with a 687.9. Second place or a reserve was winning it with a 683.3, so a good four and a half points or so, separating one and two, and a good 13, 12 point swing between one and six. So easy to go. Uh, The national or the next National Pro Barbecue Tour event takes place, as I had mentioned, this coming weekend in Richmond, Virginia. This is a regional final. So next week we will be announcing the top 10 because in a regional final, 10, okay, 10 is what they send to the national final. So you qualify next weekend. Hoo-hoo. You have the opportunity to go to Bentonville to try and win the whole thing. And I think that's what's kind of neat about the Sam's Club or the National Pro Barbecue Tour is you can enter in if you somehow can swing 
three solid cooks together, you have the opportunity of winning it all. Qualify in the local, qualify in the regional round, and then just get into the final. I mean, everybody wants to win everything, right? But get into the final, and then it's you. You have a 1 in 49 chance or a 1 in 50 chance of taking it all down, which is you know kind of an average KCBS size contest when you come to think about it. Except you happen to be competing with 49 other really great teams that have been cooking really well or have at least cooked well three times or two other times to get themselves in the same position that you're in in Bentonville. So good luck to everybody competing next weekend. All right, horse meat 2017 update. You know I got it. This is an email from Mark Schumacher from Germany. Ist Deutschland? Hey, Greg, first of all, I wanted to send you my congrats for this excellent show. I am a German barbecue and grilling fan, and I've discovered your show only some weeks ago. And since then, I am inhaling all new and former podcasts on my daily commute to work. Thumbs up for shortening my time in the car. So, Mark, A, thank you for subscribing and listening on your way to and fro work. And I pick back up where I left off, especially Stephen Reichlin with his TV show and books, as well as Jeff Phillips inspired me to bring barbecue to the next level in my backyard. Now, to your last topics, horse meat and pork steaks he's talking about last week. I grew up close to the border to France, and I am now living in Trier, and working in Luxembourg, grilled horse is often served in our company's restaurant, and so are pork steaks, especially the famous Schwenkenbrachen, our neck and shoulder steaks. We love this stuff. You, sh- me, you should come to southwest Germany to try this. Ask Stephen Reichlin. He knows what I'm talking about. Greets from Germany, Mark. Well, Mark, as I uh, always say to my German friend, darf ich ins und Bier haben? Yeah. I said, jeden Tag und jeden Tag Wasser ist der Schanken. Okay? This is what I'm talking to all my friends that speak German. You heard what I just said, and what can I tell you? That's all. That's all I know. That's all I know. Jeden Tag und jeden Tag Wasser ist der Schanken. Hatte schon. Darf ich unter Bier haben? Who knew this show was bilingual? So that's your 2017 horse meat update. There was actually something that showed up on my Facebook just a little bit ago. But what can I tell you? Uh, Email from John Dawson. Subject line, finally, a team where it's fitting that. Rather than stand, select players, squat, and take a... On the side. Oh, what? I can't read that. Finally, a team where it's fitting that rather than stand, select players, squat, and take a Kaepernick on the sidelines. The team, of course, is the Browns. Yeah, oh, let's not talk about the Browns. Oh, they're so bad. I'll tell you what the worst part of the Browns is right now, and this is not a sports show, and I will never claim it to be a sports show. But the the Browns have somehow eked out two preseason wins, which you would live in this city... That means what? What? Browns Super Bowl on tap. That is until we get to the regular season where they proceed to S the bed as they have since 99, holding one season 
as a local sports talk show would call the season of dreams where we went to the playoffs. But other than that, I mean, I don't even think we've sniffed the playoffs. Maybe one other time. And last year was downright brutal. And for whatever reason, people think the defense is markedly better this year, that we actually have some potential talented quarterback, which I highly disagree with. We have a really tall guy that nobody wanted and got rid of him for a pittance. And then we have a really young dude from South Bend, Indiana, better known as Notre Dame. And then the guy that quarterback for us last year, who's now third on the depth chart. That's not good prospects there. If your starting quarterback is now third on the depth chart, that's not progress. I think we are in for my prediction at this point in the Browns season. Two wins at best. Uh At best. A lot of people on the Browns bandwagon right now because we're 2-0. I am not that guy. Nor will I be that guy, by the way. Give it time. Give it to the, I don't know what, uh, first game of the regular season. Watch it all fall apart. Everybody's calling for everybody's head. It'll be just like old times. Folks, the Chop Power Injector is the National Barbecue Association's 2015, 16, and 17 barbecue tool of the year. Three awesome sizes. The number one seller is the half gallon. Designed for the competition guy and gal or to back up the backyard warrior just like me. Easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with a whole bunch of cool stuff. You pay 100 bucks plus you pay shipping. The one-gallon CHOPS power injector system is designed for catering and bigger jobs. Some use it in competitions like when you cook MBN whole hog or Memphis and May whole hog for that matter. Or maybe you're doing 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. This one also comes with a whole bunch of cool stuff. You pay 120 bucks plus you pay the shipping. The newest one is the CHOPS Full Power Injector System. It's electric and is the commercial and competition Big Daddy. Not a holding tank this time, but a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. From a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He has said time and time again that with the CHOPS Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11.5-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, and a needle protector. This one's $325, plus you get to pay shipping. A number of the top pitmasters in the world using the CPI system every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Why? Well, I'll tell you what. It's a foodie world, folks. It requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it. Do it fast. And it's not just for meat. How about alcohol-infused watermelon? Every injector hand-assembled right there in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. By the way, shout-out to Kansas City. Hope you're getting out of that water situation that some of you are in. If you want extra accessories, they got them. You want to shoot medium-ground spices, they got you covered for that. They have two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles. Also, they have a two-inch clothes-tip needle, perfect for shooting fatty meats to keep you from plugging up the needles with fat. They sell replacement stock needle adapters and plug screws. They have a great upgrade you can make to make your CHOPS injector bulletproof with metal needle adapters. Visit BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, BarbecueKansasCity.com. And figure out why everybody says that the CHOPS injector system gives your barbecue power. Thanks to Dan Uledal and folks over there at the CHOPS power injector system. Uh, Patrick Paquette, relentless with the Kyrie Irving talk. I'm just here to tell you that uh, Kyrie is no leader. 
and we did not lose anything. I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry to say it. Uh, we're back with Mike McLeod right after this. The only show giving you a monthly. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. I am not bitter. I'm not. I swear to I'm really happy that we got Isaiah Thomas. I mean, that's a wash as far as I'm concerned. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. They're your number one resource for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. As Chris Becker said last week, not voiding any warranties. That's against the law for anybody to tell you, by the way. They have apple mash barbecue pellets. Exclusive wine pellets. You go to Amazon.com to purchase. You're going to be very happy. That's CookingPellets.com, longtime sponsor of this show. Uh, Let me tell you that the National Pro Barbecue Tour, presented by Sam's Club, is heading to the regional final round in Richmond, Virginia this weekend, as I just mentioned, here to talk about that, as well as some World Food Championship topics is the president and CEO of MMA Creative, also the creator of the World Food Championships. I am, of course, talking about friend of the show, Mike McLeod. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm great, Greg. How are you? I'm doing fabulous, Mike. Appreciate you asking. Before we get into anything that has anything to do with food, um, if you were a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, would you be crying right now that they traded away Kyrie Irving and in return got Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, some other trade pick next year from the uh, Brooklyn Nets? Or would you pretty be pretty much be pretty okay with everything as it sits right now? I would be reading about the Browns and, and checking on their uh, hopes for the season. The the Browns? Yeah. Forget about that. Who cares about the Browns? <laughs> Bunch of losers. No way. This is Cavs town, baby. That's right. I mean, I can tell you what the Cavs are going to, oh, yeah. or what the Browns are going to look like. They're going to look like about a 2 and 14 team. That's what they're going to look like. I mean, it's yeah, sad. I heard your prediction it's earlier. I think I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, everybody's so happy about uh, preseason football here. We're so starved for a football winner, but meanwhile, all we have is losers on the field. Nevertheless, uh, Mike joining me here on the show. A regional final for the National Pro Barbecue Tour is coming up this weekend in Richmond, Virginia. Ten teams obviously moving on to the Bentonville final when it's all said and done there. And the series continues to be so popular, maybe from a social media standpoint and what I'm hearing verbally and through text message and email, the most popular season to date, I guess because in its simplicity, if you can string together three really good cooks, you could win some really good money and some really good bragging rights to boot. Well, it's been that way from the beginning, but we, I think the, the popularity of it right now is just that it's, it's a smooth operational process. I think people have figured out um, what it takes to, to ascend through the through the tournament, and uh, the popularity of the tournament is um, ha- has really reached a, an apex almost with um, with the overall Sam's Club uh, support. So we're very very pleased to uh, have created this thing from the from the start and to see it uh, kind of reach a 
a maturation point where uh, it's become the main tournament in barbecue. Is it incumbent that this series and a sanctioning body be partnered together for it to continue, or do you see a time, and I'm asking you to uh, just kind of give your own take here, but do you see a time when Sam's or the, the National Pro Barbecue Tour could kind of step out on its own and be its own existing successful thing outside of anything else? That's a great question. Um, I, I think that uh, the pro barbecue tour is always going to have to be sanctioned in some way, some form, some fashion. Um, and as we all know right now, KCBS is, is the, um, is the leader in, in the industry as far as number of events and, um, popularity throughout the world. So, uh, it just makes sense that they are, they are hooked up and, uh, that the event, uh, the series, the tournament is, is sanctioned through KCBS. So, can I envision a day where it might be a little bit different? Sure. I mean, we at, at, uh, MMA creative and, and marketing in general, um, you know, we, we have to always kind of look over the horizon. We always have to be thinking about the future. And, um, we envision a lot of things at times, uh, seeing things that, that either come true or, or don't, or things that we need to work on to make come true. Um, so there's a chance, you know, two, three, four years down the road that it, it can stand alone, uh, or maybe be sanctioned in a different way perhaps, but, uh, I, I don't think that's in the cards right now. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show from MMA creative, obviously the creator of the world food championships. And we'll get to that here in a second. Mike, just from your own perspective, you have seen, as I have seen, as everybody has seen the proliferation and the absolute access to anything and everything at a second's notice, perhaps even less than a second if you're so inclined, to jump online, get on any type of social media platform, and then just put whatever is in your head right through your fingertips, and now it is in the ether, as they say, for everybody to see. Is it a, is it a detriment to some point who is you know, somebody that's involved with just sponsors in general or dealing in business to see this competition niche have such access to just venting off um, perhaps at, a, at an ill moment or really not thinking through. And, and maybe people don't want to think through. They, they don't want to be regulated. Can having this type of Wild West ability hinder growth or scare people away? My professional response would be that <laughs> it's, it's great that we have a, uh, an opportunity for everyone to, to share their opinion. Uh, it's great from a professional marketer standpoint to be able to have metrics that that you can sh- uh, track and that you can collect and that you can uh, put um, numbers behind. Now, my personal opinion, I think it's a travesty. I-, I think that there are a bunch of hotheads out there, not just in the barbecue arena, but uh, in in all arenas that that. Um, prove that they are not only bad apples, but they are big, bad, sour apples. And that uh, it, it hurts uh, the overall initiative of people who are trying to move an industry forward. Uh, many times, I think, I think they um, need a filter between their brain and their, their mouth or, and their keypad. And a lot of people just don't know how, how to put that filter there. Uh, they just don't have the ability. Uh, they don't have the the foresight to understand that um, their commentary 
will end up in the laps of of a sponsor or a potential sponsor and kill a deal or prevent a deal before it ever happens. And uh, that's just, you know, my personal uh, input on it. But um, uh, it, it's, a, it's certainly a different time. You know, 20 years ago, um, marketers didn't have to worry about this. Uh, today's world, uh, we, we wake up every morning and we're afraid to look at our phone uh, because of what someone might have said about some new initiative or new, some new sponsor behind some new um, industry, um, and it's it's really uh, it's really a challenging environment for someone who's who's trying to create a rising tide for all boats. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show, uh, Mike. There has been uh, you know, I try and keep my finger on the pulse as, as much as I can, but. I've heard that perhaps MMA and KCBS uh, might be ending or uh, there isn't going to be a continued relationship. Is there anything on that part that you can confirm or deny? Sure, I can, I can confirm that. I, we, um, KCBS leadership and I have come to uh, uh, a point where we believe it'd be best for, for both of us to to uh, finish out the year and let uh, KCBS go in its direction uh, and its uh, wisdom and its leadership and its uh, numerous ways. And for for me on the MMA front, we are certainly starting to, to pay a lot more attention and put a lot, a lot more energy and interest behind uh, what we created about six years ago, which is the World Food Championships. Uh, so, uh, 1231 17 will, will mark the end of an 11 year run of advisement and marketing support to KCBS from MMA creative. Are you sad about that or is it just time and everybody's agreed and that's just the way it's going to be? You know, it's, it's like breaking up with uh, a girlfriend, um, that you've been with for a long time. There's, there's mixed feelings about it. Um, it, it's not what we had in, had originally planned or envisioned, but I, I think that the timing is right. I think that, um, uh, you know, we, we've been blessed on the world food championship side, um, in, in ways that we had not predicted. And this gives us an opportunity to, to really focus on that front and really set about, uh, our path to make the world food championships and the barbecue division, the hardest uh, and best competition out there. And I noticed in your earlier segment, we didn't come up, but uh, I will tell you that the, the number of, of challenges that a team has to go through at the world food champion championships and the quality of the teams that are at the world makes us one of the toughest out there. So uh, just, Pay attention because we're we're growing and uh, we're moving in directions that no one else has ever moved before as a promoter. Did uh, KCBS bring that up at all as a as it a point of concern that World Food Championships is growing and gaining more and more popularity every year, and that they didn't think you were able to uh, kind of corral both, or not a mention of that? There was there was. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I always have been. I'm not going to. Uh, beat around the bush with you, Greg. You you're, you do a great service to the barbecue community, and I feel like my company has done the same. Um, but there was, ironically, uh, some 
some commentary about that uh, with some of the leadership at KCPS, and and I found it uh, ironic because, you know, we we're just coming into our own. We've done everything we can to to lift barbecue as a rising tide, just like the Jack has, just like the Royal has. Um, uh, you know, we we've been a KCPS sanctioned event for numerous years, and to to for someone to think that it was competitive or conflicting to to KCBS initiatives uh, was a, a little bit confusing at first. But, um, you know, it, at, at this point, it's it's water under the bridge. We're, we're doing everything we can to to finish out a, a great 11 years with, with KCBS, putting great programs in play like the Great American Cookout Tour, uh, the Sam's Club National Pro Barbecue Tour, uh, many other opportunities that I won't even go into here, and then also building a barbecue division at the World Food Championships that that has a KCBS uh, process built into it. Uh, you know, we're we're big believers in barbecue, and I grew up um, in this industry with the KCBS um, mantra, thanks to a, a great late man, uh, Tony Stone. And, and I'm going to continue um, being a big believer in it. So uh, regardless of what current rumors are or thoughts or, or beliefs that, that certain people have, you know, I, I just I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. We're, we're doing the right thing and we're doing a lot of great things. Mike, I, I don't know what goes on in the board and the meetings, nor would I purport to know anything about that. But as you had spent the last 11 years kind of being an advisor and seeing the goings on, uh, Maybe more than an outsider looking in, but certainly you know not sitting in any board type of capacity. Are there still a lot of the same stuff that you've hear year after year, or do you think that they've been able to kind of clean up some of that stuff? And there's still some growth headaches and growing hurdles uh, that somebody is encountering as they're trying to to move their particular vision ahead. Well. That is a multidimensional, very complex question. Um, I, let, let me let me answer it this way, Greg. You know, the the thing that I've noticed in eleven years of being an advisor or marketing support um, firm to the KCBS and, and to barbecue in general is that anytime you're 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 in a situation where there are there is an active board of directors. Uh, where there's there's 12 opinions versus um, a corporation where there is a CEO, there's a captain of the ship. Uh, there are there are many times you have to sit on your hands, and you just simply have to you you just have to listen and you have to wonder um, is, is this the right thing for a collective body. And I've never been elected to the board, so I can't, you know, I'm going to refrain from, from criticizing the board. I just know that it's a challenging position. It's a challenging scenario. And things that, that this board has dealt with over the past 11 years, whether it be year one or year 11, um, are things that, that are typically not dealt with in a corporation because you do have a decision maker versus a 
trying to get a consensus or trying to get um, a political um, majority on something. And I think that's what ultimately hampers any kind of organization that, that does have an elected board. Um, you're going to have different perspectives, different uh, political agendas, different agendas in general, whenever you're dealing with a board that a nonprofit board that has 12 individuals with 12 equal votes on it. And it's, it's been quite a lesson to see that and to understand it and then become, um, I guess, somewhat comfortable with it. Um, since I'm really an entrepreneurial guy and I'm a captain of a ship in my own company. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show. Uh, Mike, I didn't plan on this, but could I hold you over for one more segment and we can talk about World Food Championships, sure. especially the IBCA case? All right, yeah. cool. Uh, so stick around here. We'll pick up our conversation with Mike McLeod, MMA creative and the uh, creator of the World Food Championships here in just one second. And I will talk to you quickly about Butcher's Barbecue. Grilling season, God, for some of us, almost over. Labor Day signifies the end of grilling season for you schmoes, but if you're like me, you do it all year round. No problem. Head to the place where you can get your barbecue and grilling needs, Butcher Barbecue. Certainly we know by now that Butcher's carries a great selection of barbecue products, but their portfolio of grilling items continues to expand. You've heard me talk about the grilling oils for a while now. I believe that these products are changing the way people cook forever. These items shelf-stable, don't require refrigeration like a lot of the other butters do. With grilling oils, all you need to do is just leave them out by the stove or take them out to the grill, use as needed. If you need a butter kick, use the butter flavor. Want a chipotle or steakhouse kick, they have those flavors as well. And here's how I use them. Flavors aren't aggressive, so you can build layers of flavor as you flip. Then, when I take the steak or the burger off or whatever protein I'm cooking, hit it with just a little bit of that grilling oil before it goes on the table, and man, it adds the perfect end to hopefully a great protein. And because they're shelf-stable, as I just mentioned, never out of sight, out of mind. That's the worst, right? You get a new product out, you got to open it up, you're using it, then when you're done, you got to put it back in the refrigerator, and then you forget to use it next time. Not with these. You can just leave them right out there, and they don't go bad. Dave is always in the Flavor Lab coming up with new stuff. Right now, the grilling addiction seasoning is taking the world by storm. Available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. And lastly... Dealers wanted, if you currently own a barbecue and grilling store, don't carry the butcher's lineup. What are you waiting for? Hit up butcherbbq.com, request information on how to become a dealer. Not only will Dave thank you, but your customers will reap the rewards by getting these fine products in their hands to try for themselves. These products extensively tested both in the backyard and on the competition trail, so you know they're going to deliver on the goods. Head on over to butcherbbq.com right now. Check out all the products. You'll be happy that you did. And that's butcherbbq.com. Always trust your butcher. We are back with more Mike McLeod right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, this portion of the show, ironically enough, is brought to you by the Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sam's Club. 31 cities, 500 G's in cash, eternal bragging rights if you win the whole thing. This weekend, of course, as Mike and I were just talking about, the regional final takes place in Richmond, Virginia. To get more info on this tour, 
check out where to compete next or to view all the results, hit up kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. That's kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. I think that's the first time, Mike, that you've been on hold and heard me do a Sam's Club read leading back into you. That's weird, right? It made me smile. It sounded really good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, Mike, so let's talk about the World Food Championships. It's going to be taking place November 8th through the 14th. Um, that's when we're going to be finding the latest rendition. Uh, so, you know, we're eight months into the calendar year right now. How is the World Food Championships setting up compared to last year's event, both, I guess, from a contestant's standpoint and from an operational standpoint? We have uh, absolutely been uh, blowing it out of the water. Um, the, we are at maximum capacity. We have 500 teams loaded into the tournament. Usually we cut registration off at October 1st, and we just cut it off this past weekend. Uh, so we are on a rising tide that's, that's um, both exciting and somewhat exhilarating. But um, we, we are thrilled. We have a TV show lined up um, with Food Network that's going to be covering uh, our seafood category this year. Uh, we are in talks with uh, two other major networks about future um, opportunities and, and coverage at our championship. So uh, the World Food Championships right now are, are probably uh, at, at a, um, uh, just a pace of growth that is just pretty amazing. Even by my, my own expectations, Greg, we, we've, um, we've exceeded um, from a number of sponsors, number of teams, number of, of media mentions, number of networks that we're in talks with. We, we're far beyond what I expected to be at this point. Obviously, barbecue show here, so I want to talk about the newest thing that I saw as I'm trying to keep up to date with the World Food Championships. That being that the World Food Championships is doing the first ever barbecue duel where you're pitting KCBS versus IBCA. Sounds great right on the surface, so if we can kind of drill down a little bit more, and how is this actually going to go down? Great question. Uh, for the first time, uh, we're, we're going to, to have an IBCA contest on Friday. We're going to have a KCBS contest on Saturday. We're going to take the five top IBCA performers uh, from Friday and the top five KCBS performers from Saturday, and we're going to put them in our top ten. What's unique about the World Food Championships is that even last year and the years before, you had to go through a KCBS competition, and then you went to a top 10 process where we use the EAT methodology, which everyone at the World Food Championships has to face. Uh, so now a barbecue team, and this is why I'm surprised that it didn't show up as one of your, your toughest conversation points earlier. Now you have uh, to possibly beat out another entire sanctioning-type organization of competitors. Uh, you have to be great in your own category and then also you the third challenge is you have to be great at the eat methodology so there are three tests that you've got to you got to face uh, let alone from the four meat categories that a kcbs contest you have to 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 um, pass at the world food championship so uh this year's champion <laughs> is going to have bragging rights like never before um Lauren Hill did a phenomenal job in 2015. Mm -hmm. He won the entire World Food Championships. He won the barbecue category. And then he went on, him and Cheryl went on to 
to win the ultimate crown and a hundred and I think $12,000 total. I, I don't know of another event out there that, that has awarded the barbecue team that much, but they did a phenomenal job in 2015. And now to do the same thing, you've got to run a gauntlet. You got to run uh, the KCBS contest. You got to beat beat out the IPCA competitors, and then you got to win the E methodology, and you got to beat nine other great categories. So, it is it is quite the task. Uh, but I will tell you that barbecue competitors, by and large, are the best in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have seen barbecue competitors go into other categories, be it bacon or burger or whatever dessert and do extremely well uh, because they're used to competition they're used to performing they know what it's like to beat the clock and do so in a with a great dish so we're excited about this year and we got some other things up our sleeves coming down the path so um everyone needs to pay attention how many ibca teams and kcbs teams will be available for those friday and saturday uh, individual contests so uh, I'm still looking into all of this. I haven't been able to look at all the details, but we've got a, about 125 teams uh, registered, and that's a maximum capacity for us. Actually, it's over capacity. Uh, so we're dealing with some of the log- logistics on it. But about 40 of those teams are IBCA. The rest are KCBS. Um, one of the things that, that's unique that we allowed this year is that a KCBS contest can compete or KCS team can compete in the IBCA contest and vice versa. So uh, we've got about uh, 60 competitors in the IBCA and probably about uh, 90 or so in the in the KCBS competition. Um, so it's going to be very unusual. It's going to be new, and, and we can't wait to see what happens when the dust settles. So if, if I'm a KCBS team, I register for Saturday, but I can also register to cook IBC if I want to on Friday. Right. You, you can do both. Uh, if you're a KCBS team, though, you're, to win your way into the top 10, you're going to have to win in the top, um, top five of KCBS on Saturday. You can still win the money in IBCA contests if you were first. And IBCA on Friday, uh, you, you get bragging rights from that, but you also get money from it. But we're going to take the top five IBCA teams and their performance and the top five KCBS teams and their performance, and we're going to have a top ten that's equally rated or equally balanced. So it's almost like a, a combined super team almost of barbecue. You have the five best IBCAs and the five best KCBS Right, it, it's very similar to that. It's wow. it, it's the first time that that I've seen this done. Um, you know, I, I I'm not going to claim that it's perfect, but I think it's going to be extremely interesting, and um, I we're we're going to learn from it, uh, and we're going to have a whole lot of fun doing it. I can hear the social media chatter already starting up. What about this uh, organizing uh, organizing body and this one, for instance, an FBA or an MBN? Certainly this year is set in stone, but uh, do you look out and see like a Super Bowl of Super Bowls combining all sanctioning bodies at some point down the road, or we got to see how this one goes first before we look to branch out any further? Well, we, we certainly want to learn a lot from this this year, and, and this is the first time we've seen a crossover like that. But yeah. we're already talking about adding a third uh, sanctioned contest next year. You know, the World Food Championships week is a long week. 
we we like for our teams to be loaded in and there by Wednesday so they can enjoy the welcome reception. So in theory, uh, you you could have a competition on Wednesday. You could have a competition on Thursday and on Friday, on Saturday. I mean, ultimately, we're set up right now for a quadruple championship wow. uh, where you could have four major bodies, four majors at the same event. Uh, and then crown a champion after all that through the heat methodology. So we're already looking at that possibility and thinking about it. Uh, but obviously we want to learn from this year and see, uh, see how it goes. That's going to be taking place November 8th through the 14th. That's the World Food Championships. Of course, you can visit the website worldfoodchampionships.com to stay up with all the info. Mike, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for doing it. Appreciate it, Greg. Keep doing your good, great work. Thank you, sir. That is Mike McLeod, the May Creative and the creator of World Food Championships. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you heard it. Uh, MMA Creative and KCBS done at the end of the year. There you go. Breaking news. Breaking news. A barbecue Central Should have played that. Exclusive news update. Well, I didn't play it. What can I tell you? Weighing in on instant chat. National Pro Barbecue Tour are, for me, the best-run contests in the United States. Uh, David Qualls weighing in as far as uh, boards and how they work. I agree with that. KCBS board is too big and no single administrative structure. Uh, I think Dave has actually said that here on this show. Holding accountable is the key phrase. Sean asking, but is the KCBS and World Food Championships parting ways? Won't this end up being... A one-shot deal. I think uh, his one business of MMA creative uh, being divergent from the World Food Championship, so they can still ask KCBS to sanction the event, which I would imagine that they would keep that. I have no knowledge that uh, they would actually continue to do that, but to me there's no reason why they wouldn't continue on the KCBS side of things because that continues to be the biggest sanctioning body out there currently. Uh, I have a question from Charles. Email, I am competing in my first competition this fall, and I have heard that you're allowed to trim your meat before you go to the competition. The only thing is that you cannot season or inject it prior to inspection. However, trimming is allowed. Any input or information would be most appreciated. By the way, thank you for your show. I really enjoy it. If you decide you would like an embedded correspondent, in West Virginia, I would be more than happy to throw my hat in the ring. I live in Parkersburg, just down the road from you. I'm also 100% disabled Navy veteran who uses barbecue and grilling to get me out of the house and in the sun to fight depression, PTSD, and isolating myself. So, Charles, first and foremost, thank you for your service. That's right. Wow. Wow. And uh, I believe I'm no competitor, by the way. I've never competed. I don't believe in it. But yes, I believe you are absolutely 100% allowed to trim your meat before you get on site. I think most of the teams do that. Uh, but correct, you cannot inject or season it. Anybody out there right now, please tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, trying to read through some stuff here. So, 216-220-0966, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com if you uh, want to jump in and ask me a question or have a take or whatever. More than happy to 
have you here on the show. And I thought it was kind of interesting to hear Mike talk about that, you know, after 11 years, perhaps the parting of ways isn't something that he actually saw happening, but his reference to breaking up with a girlfriend, well, you know, why do you break up? I mean, you come complacent. It's not romantic anymore. Maybe you're not listening as much and they're not listening as much and so on and so forth. So it's best just to split ways. I thought it was particularly interesting to hear that some of the talk focused around the creation and success of the World Food Championships and is that occupying or what kind of time is that occupying from his side and are you able to give whatever their perception of the proper amount of time to KCBS is. So at the end of the year, that's going to be it and we'll see what the KCBS crew does at this point. Maybe they elect to do marketing in-house. Maybe they go out and look to solicit the services of another marketing company to bring them to whatever the next benchmark is for them. But it is interesting also to hear him say that when you have 12 people in there, 12 individuals, there is not one CEO or main decision maker. Because in a lot of boards, uh, and, and I was with a company that had a board, and there was a CEO, a guy that hired me, and he was pretty much able to make any decisions that he wanted to do. I think there were benchmarks in place where if a certain dollar amount was to be exceeded or a business potential deal was going to exceed X amount that it was brought to the board for approval in the end or that he had to ask the board for approval depending on what he was going to do. But, you know, day-to-day business stuff, change this rule, implement this policy, let's do this instead of that. He was the main decision maker and things were made very swiftly. Here, it sounds like the exact opposite of that. And I don't know if that's something that can even be changed because of how long it has been in. This is the way it has always been done. There is the saying, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. So maybe things will start to change. Maybe not. We'll see. You you know me. We got time on our hands. 2017 rapidly coming to a close. I've said it before and I'll say it again. That was Mike McLeod. All right. Let me talk to you quickly about the longest running sponsor of the show, the Barbecue Guru. And boy, am I excited to talk to Bob Trudnack next week. Come on. Are you looking to turn up the heat for your barbecue and grilling skills this summer or what's left of it? If so, you're going to need to get your hands on the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-tech barbecue accessory to hit the market. We're talking about the all-new Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition and CyberQ Cloud. Just launched by Barbecue Guru, the world's first temperature-controlled ceramic smoker and grill. With a built-in power draft fan, that's going to give you the easiest, most successful barbecue experience to date. These must-have new products will make barbecuing easier than ever before and will be your new secret weapon for cooking delicious food each and every time. Ready to buy? Of course. Head on over to bbqguru.com and grab them up while they last. If you have any questions about what to order, please call 800-288-GURU, 800-288-GURU. 
or visit the website bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. And again, because like it was almost going to be out, I think they had actually announced that monolith in CyberQ Cloud, and then they had to pull it back a little bit. But now we're going to be able to talk about it unabashed. So next week, Bob Trudnack from The Barbecue Guru will be on the show. And we'll be back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. never heard this before you might think you found the best triple x show ever let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today craig rimpy all right welcome back this summer smithfield has partnered with the ultimate names in grilling to bring you amazing prizes all you have to do is get grilling just grill share and score visit the website Smithfield. Get Grilling, smithfieldgetgrilling.com. You can win $5,000. Figure out what the theme of the day is, or the theme for whatever amount of time they're running it for. When we talked to Emily Detweiler the last time on the phone, it was grill it like a steak. So, here you go. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com, even though Patrick Paquette snuck in the welcome Kyrie banner as we were leaving his segment at 935. He was wearing the Horse Me 2017 t-shirt, and for that we congratulate him on the best attire for embedded correspondence segment. I keep getting this signal that looks like we're ducking out, but we're not. So far, so good. All right. Well enough. All right, let's go ahead and uh, make tracks and get on out of here. Why not? I'll get on out. Sure. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Max Good from AmazingRibs.com. Oh, yeah. Max was very excited to talk about the new Myron Mixon smoker that he could fully disclose on. The water smoker has a welded-in pan, water pan. You have to use water in it. So if you're considering these, make sure you have a hose or a large supply of water because you don't want it to burn out because if you gunk it up, you're going to have to get it cut out and replaced. That's going to be a lot of money. That's going to be a lot of heartache. We don't want that. 
And then at 9.35, as I just mentioned, we talked with the embedded correspondence of the Barbecue Central show. Plenty of topics there. If you missed that, make sure to get it in the podcast. And then in the second hour, we talked with Mike McLeod for about a segment and a half. KCBS Talk. They are ending their relationship at the end of the year. And then we talked about World Food Championships. I guess the question is, when we talked about the hardest contest to win, does this one now jump into the fray of one of the harder ones to win, World Food Championships? Come on. Uh, Patrick Paquette weighing in. Good show. Embedded segment needs to be longer. I agree. That's why we will move it to a 14 segment next month. So that will be 10-14 for the embedded show correspondence. I'm making a note so I can change my calendar. All my embedded correspondence, make notes. Don't forget to use your Google Drive links to update your stuff. Plus, we might have a new correspondent joining us next uh, next month as well. All right. Uh, MMACreative.com, WorldFoodChampionships.com uh, is Mike's email or um, website. Right. Big show planned next week. As I had mentioned, Bob Trudnak is in amongst others. We got a bonus fifth Tuesday for this month. Love when that happens. So until then, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.